Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today's episode of Bourbon Barrel Talk is brought to you by Chevalier Cask. If you're in need of bulk spirits, new oak, or used barrels, then Chevalier Cask is here to help. We also have access to whatever type of spirits that you need. Our American, Spanish, European, and French oak barrels are handcrafted by multi-generational family-owned cooperages in Europe. These barrels are of the highest quality. They are tight and made from wood seasoned for over 24 months. We can also help you find financing for all your full or empty barrel needs. We can also buy your freshly dumped barrels and help you find them a new home. You can find us at www.chevaliercask.com. Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. And today we're sitting at the Oldville VIP Tasting Room Lounge. I guess I'm really Scott Minton, but I really appreciate the legend jumping in on that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, pleasure. legend. So anyway, we are actually at Old Forester. This is our birth anniversary, so this is our four-year anniversary slash birthday for uh, Bourbon Barrel Talk, and uh, our friend Tyler was just gracious enough to let us use the VIP tasting lounge here at Old Forester, and we're going to taste through a few things, and we're going to celebrate you know, the last four years and talk probably more about the last year of what we've done. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have some good questions to ask Tyler about the 12 days of OFO we did a, a few years ago. So here we go. So uh, let's start off. Tyler, welcome, and thanks for hosting us. Yeah, good to be back, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm super welcome excited. Welcome to Forrester. So we, we, we've got some 117 we're going we're gonna to nip on here to begin with. This is the bottled and bond. the uh, underground cellar at Old Foe that no one knows about, <laughs> by the way. Really appreciate that. There's so much crazy stuff up here. Yeah, I mean, guys, we, you would... I can't believe there's a Neptune bottle on the table. <laughs> no, dude, hey, we, tell me we weren't going to talk about oh, that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> there's not really a Neptune on the bottle. I wish there was, but there's not. What are all these dusty old casks with all the cobwebs? Yeah. <laughs> so you age them in the wall. That's interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, so uh, Tyler, what's going on? What's new with Odefo? Man, all kinds of stuff. It's been a year of transition, if you will, uh, you know. Former master taster Jackie Zykin, she she departed. She's doing her own thing and loving it, I might add. She's uh, killing it out at Hidden Barn. And so the rest of us kind of, you know, held the fort down. And like almost a year ago, we hired our new master taster, Melissa Rift, who is phenomenal. Love she's working funny. with her. She's, she's a funny she's amazing. Guy. She yeah. really is. I've met her twice just in kind of passing at like events and different like dude, she she's a pistol. Oh I, yeah. I like Melissa. We're actually in our office that we share together and she's I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, coworker. She's she's genuine, down to earth, as you mentioned, a pistol and uh, super talented. So I met her a couple the times. Future's at, bright. Yeah. I met her a couple times at another location and yeah. really enjoyed her knowledge and excitement about the bourbon industry and exactly very passionate she brings that every day so uh, it's been a lot of fun absolutely so tell us a little bit about what we're drinking this is the 117 this is the bottled and bond um what what do they say the tasting notes are supposed to be I, i've already i've already i've already got my mouth full so so where, where are you at on this thing yeah i don't know if you guys have had this yet this is the most recent iteration of the 117 series which is our distillery only series uh it lets us celebrate innovation and uh, unique expressions kind of a peek behind the scenes as to what goes on with regard to r d and you know a lot of the stories those may never see the light of day so we decided with this series to um, be able to showcase whether it's 
half full barrels or, you know, barrels that are very low yield or certain warehouses. There's a lot of talk in the industry with regard to, oh, this bottle's from warehouse H or this bottle's from warehouse K, but they're single barrels and there's 40 to 50 different trees involved in that barrel and no single barrel can personify a warehouse's traits and personalities, right? So uh, we decided to take barrels from all different levels of certain warehouses and kind of showcase the attributes of those different warehouses. So we've been able to do that. We have done our versions of double, double oaked and double, double, double oaked with the 1910 extra old and extra, extra old series. And then this is a bottled in bond, which we already have. Yeah. We already have 1897 bottled in bond, but the tie-in to this building where we are in this brand with bottled in bond, a lot of those ideas were fostered with this brand. Um, we decided to kind of go big on it. So traditionally when we make 1897, it's four and a half year. Of course, it's all from one season, right? But this, we, we took it basically double that time. This is nine year. This was all distilled the spring of 2014. And when you combine that with our heat cycling process, you're talking effectively like a 15 year bottled and bond. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's got so much richness to it and it's got great, you know, legs and everything else that you want in a, hey, based, in a bottled and bond. Based on that process, Scott, you're 168 years old. So. <laughs> my liver is, <laughs> I don't know about me, but my liver hey, definitely is. I, I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier before we get too deep into this bottle. So you had specified that it didn't matter what Rick house the barrel came from because the wood obviously differentiates from barrel to barrel, but we all know a lot of bourbon nerds out there love barrels from specific warehouses. So Four Roses, for example, they love a specific warehouse there, Wild Turkey, and even you guys, there's a couple warehouses they prefer over others. Maybe give just a little bit of education as to why that doesn't matter so much for these smaller series. I mean, I think it, it matters to an extent. Yeah. Um, it's, I think a lot of that depends on where they are in those warehouses. You know, if you're at the corner of a certain warehouse or at the top or at the bottom, you know, the bottom of a warehouse will have softer, rounder edges. The top, obviously, more aggressive interaction with the wood, more tannins. Uh, more spice notes and attributes, but I think a lot of distilleries, when you're talking about single barrel, you know, there's certain, there's certain areas of warehouses that we kind of pull from for our, our, uh, large batches and whatnot. And then others that it, you're pulling for single barrel allocations and lots and stuff like that. So yeah. you get, you get some consistency within barrel programs and whatnot. And, you know, I can't speak for every distillery, whether or not they're, using the same lots over and over again yeah. uh, and kind of just rotating out throughout the years. But certain warehouses do, you know, manifest slightly differently. But the main point is just that barrel cannot, you can't say, oh, every barrel I taste from this warehouse, I know it's from that warehouse. Right. Because there's still, I mean, even in our own rick houses, you can drill two barrels, one right next to the, each other, and they're completely different. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and drill into these barrels, and we're going to do this <laughs> experiment, and we're going to see you guys later. Go ahead, Legend. Do you have any expectation with regard to the barrels that are stored here in terms of how they will come out versus your other warehouses? That is a great question. Uh, nutshell, no. 
and I'll tell you why. So we, we actually moved the rest of our 2018 barrels out of here this spring to maybe encourage them a little bit. We kept a few. Uh, the first five barrels that we filled are still in the rickhouse here. And we've done some fun experiments, uh, especially Melissa and I have, have tasted all five of those barrels that were filled day one, uh, the first, first distillation run that we had. And I can tell you that at five and a half years, they're drinking younger than our three-year traditional heat-cycled barrels. So I, it's almost like a dunnage warehouse in Scotland, right? That, that median temperature, 68 to 72 degrees all year round. Atmospheric pressure is really the only thing influencing the flux in, flux out of the barrel. So five and a half years in here is more like two in our heat-cycled traditional warehouses. So I mean, these things might go 18, 8, 10, 12, 18, 19, maybe. I mean, well, yeah, to an extent, but they're also evaporating all year round. So yeah. it, it'll Are be a balance. A lot of we'll evaporation kinda, though. Well, yeah, there's no, there's no dormant period, right? It's, hmm. it's you constantly got people walking through here. The heat and the hmm. air conditioning are constantly cycling on and off throughout the year. So uh they are evaporating all year round so we're losing you have you have any idea how much you've lost in five years we don't no we haven't uh never you, taken them out to weigh them or anything like that but we'll just have to see we'll we're going to keep tabs on them uh i can tell you they're they're nowhere near ready yet they're good the distillate is great um tastes like old forester so that's, that's all we can ask thing. for, right? Yeah, but <laughs> imagine that. And, well, that's and, a good and sign. to your point, like you know, the the barrel on the left is barrel number one. It's it's very smooth. It's got rich fruity notes. It's delicious, but it's got hardly any color. The barrel on the other side, three barrels down from it, barrel five, is extraordinarily deep in color, but it's still pretty raw and green. Hmm. And the only difference is the barrels. So, gotcha. Uh, kind of a good example, I guess. Yeah. The best one I can give you, and that's just right here in this in this rick house without any other influences whatsoever. So really, it is that experimentation that you're working with with these particular barrels. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling what we'll do with that stuff. If ideally, maybe we could do a, a one seventeen or a single barrel with some of those first barrels, but if it doesn't come to fruition and it's not the old Forester standard, you know. I mean, who knows what we'll do with it. Who knows? That's There's right. always lighter fluid and medicinal rubbing <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> I don't think it'll get to that. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> but no, I mean, we wish it well. We're, we're hoping for a good result. But, you know, Old Forester's never been aged that way in 153 years. So right. there's, there's no telling. We, we're not sure what we're going to do with that. That's fair. That's fair, 100%. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the things that are coming up. Are there any other 117s that are already been TTB'd out or anything like that? And then I know that the other one is 1924 that's supposed to be hitting the market sometime in the near future. Right. I, you know, I don't, uh, I do this for a living, so I don't really follow TTB. I can't tell you if there are other labels out there for approval. I can tell you 117 will be an ongoing series. Uh, there is no plans to halt this. We, we love it. It, it's fun for us. It's fun for the consumer. Uh, I think we've done a great job in making it available where we actually make enough of it to where, you know, if you want to get your hands on it, you can, there are multiple avenues here at the distillery as well as, uh, 
secondary and whatever, whatnot where you can usually get your hands on one. So yeah, um, and you all sent some out to retail too. I mean, I think I heard that Cox's and a few other places had had it. Uh, I don't know, not on that side of it, but I just know that we'll we'll throw them out. We've done. I think we've averaged about four or five a year at this point, maybe two or three. Yeah. Now I know you stress. This is eight. Yeah. Yeah. This is eight, and we've been doing it for two and a half years. So. Yeah. Now, you will ship some of these online to certain states, correct? Yeah. Our, you know, DTC or what we call direct to consumer is kind of in its infancy at this point, but there are certain states, I think there's five states at this point that yeah. we're allowed to ship to. So we're kind of dipping our toe in that and working out kinks and yeah. whatnot. Um, where they can sign up, it's a lottery, you you win the right to purchase, and if you're in one of those states, we can ship you that, uh, that bottle. So that's been a lot of fun to see, you know, what the future may hold. It, I don't know how far America is from everyone having that access, but... But uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. So a lot's changed since we did the 12 days of Odefo. Man, when was that? 2020? 2021? 2021, I think, so... It might yeah. have been 2020. I don't even remember. I think it was 2021. But anyway, lots changed. Yeah, it's D- been a while since I've seen you guys. I've been busy, and yeah. Do you have a new favorite baby? I mean, all the 117s have dropped since then. You've had a, a lot of single barrels, some new birthday bourbons, things like that. So, right. I, you know, the first, the first ever 117, the High Angel Share one is still one of my all-time favorites because that was the first time we ever did it. You had a, a batching of various ages of barrels. They were all less than 20% yield. And it's just so compacted and tight. That is one that's really fun to add drops of water to because it just unravels and changes with each and every drop and each and every five minutes worth of oxygen that gets in there. It just continues to kind of unfold it's just got all these layers so that one was always a lot of fun for me uh this bottled in bond i love and i don't know i I also loved the extra extra old so kind of that that 1910 that we let go a full year in barrel a full extra year so just like double double oak does and it's really fun to see the transition uh between what you know is 1910 and then what manifested an extra extra old because it at that point it starts to get these rich cocoa coffee notes it's always kind of the the thing that cracks me up is there's a lot of double oaked lovers out there right so everybody knows woodford double oaked and double double oaked is the one that everybody clamors for but an extra year in barrel it's different the first year you 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 leach out a lot of the sugars and it gets extra color and it's nice and sweet and confectionery but Another year, you're starting to grab barrel tannins. You're starting to develop spicy aldehyde notes. So Double Double is wonderful, but it's not if you're if you absolutely just love Double Oaked because of that sweetness. Double Double may not be your cup of tea. It's 100% a pretty serious right. bourbon. Yeah, no, for Double sure. Double Double is a very serious pour of whiskey. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to see how that dynamic changes, even though it's all the same stuff. Yeah, for sure. I, I, it, that's the one thing that whenever I've tried, you know, the 1910 Extra Old and the Extra Extra Old, like, it, 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 it's got some wood. I mean, you can taste it, and and uh, it, it's definitely a lot richer and more of a complex flavor profile than your typical 1910, because Matt and I are both 1910 lovers. I mean, Love that's, it. it's just one of our favorite everyday go-tos, so. 
Uh, All right. As someone on the retail side of things, uh, the 1910, the double oat, double double oat, ask for every day. Really? Wow. That's amazing to hear. And and not only the old forester, but the Woodford side of it as well. Uh, People love that stuff. And goes out the door. I say it goes out the door every day. I mean, I feel like it would. I feel like it would have to because it really does appeal to most drinkers. Who let's say you don't have the most extensive palate out there, right? You appreciate the sweetness of the double oak with kind of the lower proof of just a normal whiskey. So you kind of get the best of both worlds when it comes to something like that. So it really appeals to a more mass market and gets more people interested into whiskey, right? And whiskey wasn't made for everyone to drink at barrel strength. Now, I will tell you I love it, but it wasn't made that way for everyone to drink it all the time. So it's got you got to start somewhere, and I think those are great places for everybody to start at. But just save some for the rest of us. We love it. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, those whiskeys are getting new drinkers into, yeah. into bourbon. They're, they're great segues. If, uh, if, I, if I have a woman at our tasting bar and she wants a recommendation, it's 1910. And... That sells a lot of bottles because <laughs> it hits the point, the sweetness, the low proof, really nails it for ladies who aren't really into bourbon. You sure it's not just that natural swagger that you got going on too? They'd probably listen to anything you said. Well, of course they do. Of course, but <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm selling whiskey, though, fellas." He's trying to be I'm, humble. I'm not He's selling the legend. I'm, sell- yeah. I'm selling yeah. the whiskey. I'm bashful. <laughs> Yeah, that's the last thing. They I've can't heard. afford his prices for himself. No, but I, to if your you point, if you have to ask, you can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to your point, what's changed the last two years is uh, Stephen hit the nail on the head. It, it, growth has continued. I mean, across. So I think when we did that one, I think you said something about that Old Forester had grown from three hundred thousand cases to a million cases. So where's it at today? No. Or was well, it you grown from like a hundred to three hundred and you were Correct. Yeah. That's okay. one of the amazing parts of this story is is Old Forester was a million case brand in nineteen seventy, right? So just south of what Woodford Reserve is today. And, you know, over the course of the seventies, eighties and nineties, bourbon was not a priority. It it was Bartles and James wine coolers, Merlot, Zima, <laughs> Zima. Oh, um, Zima. Uh, One word fla- I thought I'd never vodka, hear. Vodka, vodka and flavored vodka, anything but bourbon for 40 years almost, right? So, and even within Brown Foreman, you know, our focuses had transitioned, focuses on wine, focuses on Jack Daniels, building that brand up to the icon that it is today. Um, Woodford Reserve in the early 90s, so... Believe it or not, there was even a time where it was discussed, should we discontinue Old Forester? And, and thank, thankfully, the, uh, the Brown family is, you know, they're still majority shareholders. And they actually said, no, this is the founding brand of Brown Foreman, so we're not going to DC it. We're actually going to reinvigorate it. And that is why they spent a whole lot of money on this building we are sitting in today. Uh, so the revitalization of Whiskey Row, uh, the, the Whiskey Row series, the quality that's getting out there, people like yourselves, as well as all the bartenders uh, who have rallied behind Old Forester, uh, using it, utilizing it in their wells and signature cocktails and whatnot. This brand has just experienced a phenomenal 
you know, rising from the ashes and resurgence. So at one point we had fallen from a million cases to 93,000 cases. And this year we will eclipse half a million. And these doors have been open for five years, which is far outpaces, you know, what we could have ever dreamed of. Yeah, from 93,000 so, to 500. I mean, it's five times growth. Fantastic and growth, I think yeah. the point I made last time was this is whatever you do. If you, if you sell a million cases of paper plates and you fall to less than 100,000, your company's on hospice, essentially. Uh, it is very hard to rebound all the way back to that million case mark after after taking that kind of a dip and this is expected to be one of those very rare brands that will will make that turn you know have that resurgence which is uh, so it's a lot of fun to be a part of right just to see the growth and see see everyone rallying behind a brand that's kind of an american icon you know brands that have been around as long as us include they're few and far between liam perrin's worcester tabasco sauce Heinz, had we not had Prohibition, two world wars, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I mean, this brand might be a, an American icon like you think of some of those, but uh, we're, we're coming back. better than ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> and I love ketchup. <laughs> I saw Heinz had a, a pickle-flavored ketchup just released, so maybe they'll do a whiskey-flavored ketchup. Oh, good. Just better than pickle-flavored whiskey. There's a commercial for it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right, so... so Thinking back along the year here, gentlemen, ladies, everybody, do we have a favorite moment, a favorite episode? I like the fact that someone in this room doesn't know what Zima is. <laughs> Listen, dude, Jared, Jared doesn't know what his britches are. <laughs> He's like, what are britches? I'm like, your pants, dog. He's like, oh, my bad. I don't wear pants. <laughs> you, don't, you don't wear pants. Maybe you don't wear I underwear. I can't say beyond the table, but I can't tell. I'm not sure. That's how we got into the predicament nine months ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. He tripped and fell. So, so does, does anybody have a moment that, like, is – I bet I can pick Jared's. Okay. I was still pondering, but You're sure. Still go, pondering. Ahead. go ahead. Go no. ahead. No, go no. ahead and pick mine. No, I'm not going to pick it. I'm just no, – I'm it. saying I bet I can tell your, your, your favorite moment from this year. It was a, it was no. a visit. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna specify. It's all good. It's all good. But 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 it's funny that when you get those things, it was action. Can you enlighten o- the rest of us? Though it, it was at Oak Carter. We had a great time at Oak Carter. Oak Fantastic Carter was awesome. time. So we uh, talked to them, and I think that was for our 200th episode. So another milestone for the the podcast. So it was it was a, it was a nice uh, event for us to get through that one. But I always laugh because I, I sometimes I can I'm like I know what your favorite was so. Is it just of like all time or just of no, like just the last year? Oh, do you, I mean I know what your probably favorite of all time is, but but which but one? No, 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 which one? I'm gonna say Spirits of French Lick, but that was a great time. My other favorite time is when Toby fell asleep. In oh, the dude, of the podcast. yes, <laughs> yeah. So our our our, our 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 third founder literally we we drank so much by about 20 minutes into the podcast because we pre-gamed a little bit, fell little asleep. Bit. Fell like, asleep. Like on the table. On the table. Like mic on and Drool everything. coming out like the whole nine yards. Hey, man, you okay? Yeah. Out. Hey. <laughs> nice. I will never forget that. So, yeah. But that that wasn't in the last year, though. No, it wasn't. I'm just saying, like, Spirits of Friends, like, obviously was Fair great. Enough. I'll tell you what. Yeah, absolutely. So That was the only hour and a half that we're just, Scott's like, well, I'm not editing any of this. It's no. just going to go. It was gold. It was liquid gold. <laughs> I don't, we, uh, 
We must have drank that entire bottle. We drank about 90% of a uh, 90% no, full bottle. The whole, thing. Yeah, the, whole <laughs> thing. the whole thing was gone. What was the bottle? Yeah, uh, it was. What was it called? It was a five-year that was like finished in port or something. Yeah, it was called. Uh, it was like the legend's favorite finish. Port. Ambition or yeah. something. It was some kind of a weird thing. But yeah, but it, it was. It was the end of the barrel that we. The bottle was from the end of the barrel, right? And it, it was just like. And while they were filling it up, it literally instead of filling up to you know the the part of the neck where it's supposed to be, it was just underneath the neck. They're like, can't and put it like, in the case. Can't put it in the case. So like, yeah. So like, let's just try it. And I'm like, okay. And the next thing you know, like I look down at 40 minutes into the podcast and there's like a half an ounce or an ounce left. And, and then, and then in 40 minutes, Alan, and there was four of us there. Alan went to go get a drill and he's like, time to get some more whiskey. <laughs> so he starts literally just starts taking it right out of the barrel. So yeah, great time. Not good for me or Matt not good for any of us. <laughs> <laughs> a great time. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so, so uh, what do you got down there, Legend? You, do you have a do you have a favorite favorite episode or or, or a favorite time this year? Just the ones I've been a part of. Just the ones Aww. you've been a part of. Wow, <laughs> I, I see how it is. Well, you're not Couldn't bashful or anything, Carl. Carl's still thinking. Mine would probably still be uh, Turkey Talk from last Thanksgiving. Last Thanksgiving. All right. I thought it was really cool to have the guys out from two ninety one out in Colorado. Okay, show yeah, up. that was a cool. That was episode. A really great. That episode. was fun. And the yeah. hazmat was. Oh, wonderful. Crazy. Yep. Kofi? I don't know if it was my favorite, but when we uh, added toasted marshmallow to some of those bourbon drinks, it's quite memorable. Not in a good way, but yeah, that's. That, I guess I, I have a moment that I hate the most in the last I year. I repressed that. Thank you, Kofi. Toasted so, marshmallow like syrup or you know, we, we, oh, legitimately toasted marshmallows. Yeah, we, we did some cocktails over the summer, and we were, like, just trying to come up with different things. And, and Barbara has been our local cocktail expert, and she wanted to try something different. And uh, one of the drinks that she made, I, if, did that one have Embryana in it? I can't remember. My brain is so – The s'mores did not. The s'mores did not? Okay. So, But yeah. anyway, the s'mores, like, cocktail had a toasted marshmallow on it. and. And it was like either you li- loved it or you were like, yeah, it's a little weird. So <laughs> it's one of those catch 22s. Fair so. enough. Yeah, but it's a little weird. Toby just. Uh, <coughs> so I'm going to hop in here real quick. Um, one of my favorite episodes, it was one of the cocktails. Um, I enjoyed all of those episodes partially because I created the cocktails. But my other favorite was I got Kofi here to question whether or not he could cuss on this podcast <laughs> when i made the snickerdoodle oh yeah cocktail so the snickerdoodle did have Ambriana. that one was ambriana yeah. that, was, that was good and one. that would i was he was like i i you either hit snickerdoodle or you don't and he's like damn <laughs> so absolutely that's kind of funny any other ones nope all right fair enough fair enough I'll say another memorable moment enough this is why we can't have Another nice things. memorable moment was uh, going over to Toby's. Oh, yeah. Hand. Yeah, I know, for sure. Yeah, they, they uh, that was some tomfoolery for that night, for sure. So <clears throat> they made me do a, a bunch of videos that I ended up deleting because they, I, I, I'm so fat on camera. I was like, I just couldn't even post them. So <laughs> You couldn't understand yourself in half of them. Oh, I could absolutely understand myself. No, no, the rest of us couldn't. Whatever. <laughs> you didn't even hear them. Why do you make stuff up? I would never. Whatever. Slacker. Anyway, all right. So uh, we, we brought a few things for you to try, Tyler. So we wanted to have a little fun with you. Goodies. And, yeah. and uh, one is a 79 Odefo that, uh, that I, I procured a little bit ago. So we're going to pour that around. And uh, er, w- you take the biggest pour. And then everybody else has had it here, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, where do you think the bottle went? Yeah. 
Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, anyway, just and then uh, I know we've got some other things here too so to try out. But we have nothing else here. That one. Nothing. So I think that bottle's older than you. Yeah, that one. Bottle's definitely older than. <laughs> it's older than a uh, uh, no yeah just him yeah just him. <laughs> actually it's older than you. No. Seventy nine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like four years older than you. Five years. Eighty five, baby. It's way more than that. Oh, that never mind. It's 11. I was thinking Josh's age. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. 11 years. It's yeah. 11 years older than me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's my birth year. You were so, born in yeah. 90? The 79 is? Yes. Well, look at that. That's I'm actually older than even, you. Even Holy more shit. special. I know, right? My birthday's coming up this month. So. Here, I, I've had it. Kofi, I got a month and a, I got a month and a half left. Yeah. Joke's on you. I'm older than all of you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great joke. In dog years. <laughs> that's a great joke. <laughs> right. Fair enough. So t- tell us tell us what you think about the the old dusty. My, uh, I know you've had to have had some old dusties from Ofo hey, over the years. Permission to Yeah, go ahead. All right. Kill it out. Oh yeah, I love these uh, <laughs> especially the old dimple bottles. Like this the only time we ever did that was like sixty seven, sixty eight through nineteen eighty, I believe. Um I'm just really glad you made enough dimples for all of the fingers. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, that's one of the reasons I love the bottle when I found it. So it's funny. I found this on the secondary market. I think I found it for you on the secondary market. Did you market. find it? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, 100%. somebody found it anyway. I, I and, and the guy, like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, by the way, it's coming back from Germany. It's and German. Like, yeah. All right. Let's take it. So that I, I had to buy it. I just had to. So it, it went it, it, it went well. So, But cheers, everybody. It's missing just the pinky. Sluncha. What's I, German Nostrovia, Nostrovi. Mm-hmm. No, that's Russian. Prost, Prost, Prost. 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 Thank Prost. you. Yeah, yeah. Here, here on Hooked on Phonics. <laughs> it is a German. Bo- it is a German <laughs> bottle. So Prost. Yeah. Prost. Sampai. Yeah. Is that like Japanese Sampai? Yes. Gotcha. Cheers. There's all kinds of cheers. Well, so. glad we. I'm glad we uh, we killed it tonight. All right, next one for me to chug out of. It was, <laughs> it was getting a little low. It, it you know, it's. When they when they have air for that long, um, start to there's, oxidize there's a, a lot of headspace. Yeah, yep. it was turned to. Uh, so it's. I'm glad we uh, finished it off tonight. Still drinking great. I mean, that's got nice rich fruit. The nose has gotten a little thin on it, but um, I love those. It's, it's, it's old oily. Forester, man. It's fruit up front, spice in the back. I'm still getting the the requisite clove, cinnamon. Nutmeg, but that's how crazy the, it yeah. is. I mean, when you sit back and you look at it, I mean, it, old Forester's old Forester. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, and I've had bottles from the '60s. I've had bottles from the '50s. Like, it's just, it doesn't really matter. What's crazy to me is that that one had more like airspace in it than some of the like Neptunes that I've seen, which I thought was just crazy. Like, how does that happen? So, it's a, uh, it's just, it's weird how that runs, how, how all that runs out. But like old Forester's old Forester. I mean, like I've I've tried a million of them. I feel like yeah. Yeah, it's dry too, isn't it? On the back end, yeah, really dry. I, I figured that wine background you picked that up, but <laughs> well, yeah, and it, you know, seventy nine. It probably spent, God knows what those barrels were. They're probably eight to twelve years old that they were. Oh, absolutely, proofing down to eighty six back then. Yeah. So yeah, it's got that. It's got that tannin, that dryness on the back end. Yeah. All right, we got another one coming around. This is a uh, two thousand three. <laughs> okay. I believe Matt that it's 2003. I'm, I just I just think it is. 
That being said, somebody can probably read the code. I, I, I don't have the, the eyes or the vision. Go down for to Brown Foreman campus, go to the R&D lab, and. Uh, <laughs> How do we do that? <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> hey, can I borrow that badge real quick, man? <laughs> Is there a special code word or passphrase that we can use to get you know, limited access? It's not that I don't care about you finding it out. I just want to try it. Oh, so that was from... Which Rick House is that from? You know what? You could have said code. anything at that moment, and we would have all been like... Oh, yeah, oh. really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, that's our unicorn bottle that we yeah. lost sometime yeah. ago. And it's probably still all Oh, dude, this here. is a fruit bomb. <laughs> Who brought this? Did you bring this, Carl? Oh, the legend did? Legend. Oh, should have known the legend brought this. Where'd you find it? I've had it for a while. I almost brought an old, an old beam decanter because that was at least Brown Foreman, but, you know. I didn't. Oh, way to go. I had a couple open, old open ones, but I wanted to bring a fresh crack. Nice. We appreciate that. Is, that. That is a fruit bomb. That's delicious. Thanks, legend. My pleasure. No, I remember that one being on the shelf, and especially back when Old Forester was second from the bottom shelf. You know, nobody paid attention to it. Mm, nice, some apple. Mm, that's except good. here in Kentucky. I shouldn't say that because it's always been, you know, Kentucky's bourbon and Louisville's bourbon. But yeah, I was in Oklahoma, and there wasn't a lot going on with the brand. Right. Yeah. Like, what What did they drink in Oklahoma? Back in 2005, 2003. Wine. Wine. Vodka. Vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Beer. <laughs> they hadn't picked Beer. up bourbon yet at that point? No. no very little? No, very little. That's why you have such a sophisticated wine palette. I mean, I, re- I even remember in 2014, we had the two largest stores in Oklahoma, or two out of the three, and we got three bottles of 2014 birthday bourbon, and it took us three weeks to sell them. They went on the shelf and, you know, sold one one week. Sits there for a week, two bottles just sitting on the shelf, sell another one. So it was a good three weeks to a month that it took us to sell three bottles of birthday bourbon in 2014. That's crazy. <laughs> and, I mean, I, and I 14 is my favorite year. Well, the other thing really is, is your favorite year? It is my bourbons? favorite birthday bourbon. Hmm. Funny enough and blindly, it was Jackie's favorite. Um, I ran into somebody else recently who said there, and they had the entire collection Right, showing me uh, photos, and he said 2014 was his all-time favorite. I'm not sure I ever tried 14. Unsolicited, you know, I never said anything, and so I've heard that from multiple, multiple right. sources. So before 14. this airs, I'm gonna have to go look for a 14 and buy. No, man, if, if, if you ever find it, grab it. If you ever find it, I'm pretty sure I have one. Was there just like a specific note in particular that just tipped it over the edge for you guys? And it was just so rich and just perfectly balanced smooth but the finish went on forever the bourbon gods just said you did this right yeah it was just like when you get those my brother worked at liquor barn during that time and he said pappy all of them just sat on the shelf it did even here there was yeah yeah. i mean there was a airport there was a time when i first moved here and i didn't really know anything about bourbon and i someone was like hey you should try to go to liquor barn and ask for this pappy right and i'm 21 years old at that point i was like yeah can i chug it And they're like yeah sure whatever yeah just you should go ask for it so me and my buddy we go to liquor barn and i was like hey i, was, I called yesterday and you guys said you got your your pappy allocation and can i can i buy a bottle and this was she pulled out a squat bottle of 10 year old old rip and then she pulled out a 23 year old bourbon and i was i'm 21 years old at the time and they were like yeah it's 250 dollars for this one bottle or it's 39.99 for this one and i was like 
I'll take the thirty nine ninety one. Thirty nine ninety nine all day. <laughs> yeah, my minimum wage college job doesn't pay for. <laughs> I, r- I remember when we they jumped from like that thirty nine ninety nine to like fifty nine ninety nine, and they it, literally and was, sat on the shelf. It was the old squat bottle too, and so yeah, me and my buddy, we U of L played football that night. I mean, that whole bottle was gone. We drank the whole bottle in one night. I fell asleep on his couch. Too funny, it was great. Yeah. But then I, in hindsight, I passed on a pappy right from fifteen years ago. <laughs> All right. Um, this is really good, Stephen. This is, this is fantastic. It's like it, it peaches is and cream and pecans, and yeah. it's got all kinds Everybody of loves stuff peaches and cream. Yep. Peaches and cream. I can't remember how the song goes, but I know that's somewhere where it goes. Anyway, so. So I have, I have a question, Tyler. Yes, sir. You made the comment about Old Forester being Kentucky's bourbon. I've come to the realization that and I don't mean this to be racist in any way, that black people gravitate to Woodford and have no idea what Old Forester is. Is that, is there a marketing difference in certain areas, do you think, or? I don't, and if that's, if that's kind of the way it was historically, I, I think that's starting to change. We've, uh, the last, two or three years we've had the the annual black bourbon society that always books tours here and you know they're they're huge fans of the brand so um i i just think that it was i'm talking about normal customers off the street well i think it was just that old forester i think that was most people no matter who you are if they you knew woodford you didn't know Old Forester. And I'm not from Kentucky. You know, this, all the distilleries, this is every distillery's home. But it's just from what I've learned since living here, it was like Kentucky was Old Forester's biggest market and then Alabama because of Bear Bryant. And that's really the only two places that Old Forester did well. That was largely responsible for our 93,000 cases or whatnot that I talked about. Um, And now that is completely shifted but i think I, it was just lack of awareness and this is you know? just this is just my opinion obviously i don't have a fact or anything like that i think it has a lot to do with the fact that like when tyler was talking about that piece was the re the reinventing of the brand right when the whiskey right. row series came out like old forester all of a sudden got a resurgence of people looking into old forester as being a bourbon that people want to drink or that they want to try and by reinventing themselves and by having all those new iterations the statesman 1910 1870 1897 it then will start to broaden that market i think at the at the, at the base of where old forester was by what he's saying is there wasn't anybody really buying it and it was a kentucky mainly thing alabama mainly thing and, and mainly it was just in bars like it was mm-hmm. a well bourbon that bartenders use to make cocktails and other things. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, regardless, just awareness of the brand is has increased exponentially. So, uh, From a, from a retail, retail standpoint, I was just su- surprised with somebody come in and ask for, old, ask for Woodford, and we didn't have it, and we offered old 1910 Forrester. Old oh. Forester. They'd look at, at us like, what's that? <laughs> Awareness, yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, they're the same mash bill, and, you know, the yeast strains are cousins, but they are two entirely different, you know, 
brands all together and it's it's amazing how you pull a couple different levers and you can create something as as diverse as Woodford and then even within the old Forester lineup I mean we make 12 different expressions out of that out of that one mash bill one yeast strain and then we do everything that we do at Woodford now granted we're we're utilizing different mash bills and whatnot uh, out at Woodford with regard to the wheat the rye and the in the malt but uh, the rest of it is is usually Woodford Reserve Masters Collection. They're they're tweaking some things here and there. I find this conversation fascinating because, as a black man, I actually learned about Old Forester before. Now I'm 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 married into the region, and I think that had a lot to do with it because since my former wife's family had holiday parties, they always had Old Forester as like the house bourbon since the mid 2000s. So. I discovered Wood uh, Woodford later, and I felt like it was kind of like a bougie, you know, like bourbon. I thought right. I, I was like, I want this working class bourbon right here. But I, I I could see how maybe some people have already gone or always gone with Woodford, and then just don't want to even give Old Forester a chance. Yeah, and I mean, it can even depend on what's going on that little three-month period i mean a country singer or rapper talks about jack or woodford or fireball in a song and all of a sudden everyone who you know listens to that genre of music is showing up at the liquor store you got fireball you got woodford you got jack i mean it's fireball it's it's insane so what you're saying (laughs) is there'll be a taylor swift bottle here in the future go away who invited you listen i I would i would buy a taylor swift bottle i know you would so has she sung about whiskey yet or happy dad bourbon yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm also a transplant to this area. I'm not originally from here. And not being from Kentucky, when I first moved here, I went to a U of L basketball game and we were getting drinks from the bar and they were like, Look, you can either be a Maker's Mark fan or a Woodford fan and you have to pick one of those two and there were no other options, right? Because that was what was portrayed to someone who's not from the area who doesn't know any better. They're like pick Woodford or pick Makers and then go from there. So it was really interesting. Oh, it was like an intro bourbon or it, yeah, I it was think like, just it was like the fans. It was right? almost like choosing sides, right? Like you had to pick, right? Do you want your weed or ride? Right, and yeah. then that was it. That was your intro to bourbon. It wasn't. There's was nothing else to consider at that point. I also semi agree with Kofi. Like I felt like people thought Woodford was more of the bougie brand because it was a pot still and like it, it, it was a little bit more expensive at the time than a lot Certainly. of the other bourbons that came out. And then you had like the uh, the resur- well not really resurrection but like the rise of like Angel's Envy. Then that became kind of the bougie brand and things like that. And then when I think when the Whiskey Row series came out, people were like, "Damn! Like l- this is Old Forester reinventing itself." And then once they started trying some of the things, they're like, oh, whoa. And I, I think everybody's got a favorite, right? Whether it's 1920, 1910, you know, Hillman's a big, you know, 1897. He loves that bottled and bond. What? He likes Old Forester? No, he hates no, it. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think that's really what it boils down to. So, anyway. So, a little transition question for you. With the kind of resurrection of all these monstrosity distilleries that are coming online every other day, it seems like. Right, we've got four or five new large distilleries that are producing right thirty, forty thousand barrels a year. How do you see that impacting you guys as a brand and then the market in general? I mean, I I think it's all good uh, for bourbon. It, it keeps the interest there. Now, 
longevity wise, that'll be, that'll be interesting. But I get that question all the time. Like, and Chris Morris and I were talking about this the other day. Like there was, there was 12 distilleries in America when Woodford, when we built Woodford Reserve, you had seven, you had eight in Kentucky, two in Tennessee and MGP producing all of American spirits. Now, I think the current number is what two or three thousand something something to that effect now a lot of those are very very tiny but you know the i think you'll get to a point eventually where you get like what happened with craft beer where there's just people get sick of the chase and just keeping up and they will gravitate towards they what they truly like and truly enjoy and hopefully there's enough to go around uh for every distillery when we get to that point, but this, this wave, I don't think, uh, I don't think this is going anywhere anytime soon. And this is just my personal opinion, but I have done the, uh, the research and I've written articles on this, even back when the craft beer boom hit from my personal experience, I think you can trace, you know, this bourbon boom, there's, there's, a multitude of answers but personally i think you can trace it back to food network like early 90s yeah no one in america knew what wasabi or charcuterie was in the 1980s right, right? mcdonald's never had chipotle ranch on a chicken sandwich the you get food network you get celebrity chefs america's palate starts to globalize and you get you get um a, a more diverse just um, food culture. America's palate trends bigger, bolder, bigger, bolder. I also think that vodka's eyes got really big when the millennial generation was coming of age, and they 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 thought that hey, we can make two hundred different flavors that all go with Red Bull, which is what these kids have been raised on. And I make just a twitched. Killing. I want you to know that. I just I can't stop twitching. Make a <laughs> killing, right? And. Um, and it was probably a good business plan. And then it turns out millennials come of age and they, they want authenticity. They don't want artificial flavors. They want a story behind what they're consuming. So cherry sky vodka and Red Bull sucks. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> you now, you now have the biggest generation since the baby boomers that has totally shifted focus bourbon and the generation behind them, which they're influencing. So, I mean, hopefully we've got a good, lifetime uh yeah. generational 50 year 50 years of uh devoted fans and um that will keep us keep us going yeah i, I mean everything's cyclical it'll right. it'll turn the tide will turn once again one of these days but not i think life. we're in per, not for life. a pretty good <laughs> we got our we, we you'd be fine you'd be fine <laughs> so I, not in my life and i only bring that up right because recently there's a lot of distilleries not in kentucky that are kind of going under Right, you've got the whole East Coast. You've probably lost six, seven distilleries recently, um, and then kind of across the United States as well. A lot of people aren't supporting the local markets like they used to. Mm. Now, a lot of that is because right, Kentucky whiskey is playing in the NFL, and you have to compete with that at some point because it's so widely distributed. And so, I feel like all of these monster conglomerate distilleries will try to help revitalize some of these brands, but I wonder if the art of bourbon making outside of the tri-state area is just going to get a hundred percent lost because 
you know, it just isn't that financially. Well, I, I, you got to be good. Yeah. I mean, there's. It takes time and a rich with, friend to with, be good. With like 3,000 distilleries <laughs> out there. Well, yeah, I mean, you, uh, you can't. There's taxes to be paid, right? right? And you gotta you gotta have an income stream, and a lot of people got into it, not considering taxes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's tax exempt because you know even at four years, we got to put the whiskey out. It's four years old, but maybe it's not ready yet. And I, you know, I've had a lot of stuff that distilleries that we've been waiting on for a few years now to come of age, and they're getting some four and five year, and you know, you taste it, and you're like, man, that's still. Not quite there yet, you know. Yeah, um, I can think. But of one. but it takes it, you. It takes a ton of money to get it, it there. It's just interesting um, to see it. Like right, there was an influx of everything, and now it's catching up to everybody. And so I wonder with these monster contract distilling only places, like will that revitalize that over time, or is it just like, hey, we know what recipe's good, and let's just kind of throw shit at it and see if it works. That, that was my kind of right. I mean, that was kind of what I was saying. I think eventually, because you guys were all here when craft beer hit, right? And everything brewers are suing each other because there wasn't enough names to put hop in. Right. They're all naming <laughs> hop this, hop that, hopping blah blah blah, and um, and then everybody had to have that that IPA, and their collections just got huge. And then eventually, you just can't keep up the research. I mean, if you have a job and a girlfriend or a wife or kids you you just can't keep up nope. it, it it gets exhausting is there is there like a tap and at that point you just bourbon? say okay i'm done i'm gonna go back to these five or ten whiskeys or vodkas or whatever i really like and you know take a little break yeah while you were talking i literally had a question but it was one of those weird things that like it just blurted out and i didn't mean to do that i apologize but tapped like that's like a beer tasting untapped untapped yeah. right is there like something like that for bourbon I've never looked know. it up. I don't know. I anyway. Mean, I mean, Will, it's got their own app for the 17 million different single barrels they yeah, have. Yeah, that doesn't count. I think That's there just is different. one. Um, the, uh, the podcast, uh, Daz Drinking Bourbon, has mentioned it one time. They mentioned it one time, and it, like, it takes like whiskey you like and stuff like that and gotcha. goes like that and gives you other suggestions. And you can like register that. different ones and put your notes in. and Yeah. Gotcha. All right, I, I got I got a couple of quick questions, and we're going to try this next one. So, first of all, do you have a favorite warehouse? And then two, yeah. tell us a little bit more about the, the 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 newest release that's coming out. You know, if I have a favorite warehouse, when I was running the single barrel program, um, and I guess I should have mentioned that. Like the reason, if you're if you're a listener and you're not familiar with the Woodford Old Forester dynamic, we Brown Forum and our parent company owns both of them. And uh, uh, the reason I kind of go back and forth is I'm actually the distillery ambassador for both Woodford and Old Forester. So I spend equal amounts of time at both. Um, when I was running the single barrel program with Old Forester, and I still kind of dip my toe in every now and then fill in, I've had maybe iHouse. I've had a lot of really good barrels from my house. Really? Yeah. That's one I haven't heard, I don't think. I, yeah, it's out there. The most amazing thing, the craziest pick I ever did was the state of Ohio. Uh, this was over COVID. So it's, it's Ohio's state-controlled yep. liquor, right? So they get whatever, let's say it's five barrels a year. And so we shipped them like 15 samples, and they picked their favorite five out of those 15. And this was blind. I was here in this office on a 
on a Zoom call, and they were in Ohio. And so they had all their, their samples, and blindly, every barrel they picked was the five I-5 barrels. That's crazy. From Fifth War or Buy House, and all the others were left out. And that oh, was blind fun. independent, and it was so cool. Huh. Well, that's kind of neat. So, so what flavor profiles do you think you get out of I? I mean, obviously, you get everything out of everywhere, but... Right, it's just balanced. I mean, overall, through through so through my experience, I will tell you, K House that everybody goes crazy over um, is, I think, like classically styled Old Forester. Right, it's got it's got broad shoulders. Now this is general. uh, Rich, bold spice notes, nice and dry, uh, but you've got that 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 good fruit backbone running through it. But it's it's classically styled. Broad-shouldered old forester is what I call K House. J House is what I call the melt your face off warehouse. That's where we get, especially the upper floors of J are your heat and spice. Um, so B, I haven't. We don't seem to pull a lot of barrels from B House, and you know it was under construction for a while, um, getting new ricking and whatnot. Uh, I, I just like it because they seem to be dynamic. They're just good. They're balanced. The heat isn't overwhelming. Um, but they've got good body and good, uh, viscosity and they just kind of, you know, sit nicely on the palate and finish smooth, but rich. Um, now, again, these are all generalities, but, right. Um, what, what other so have you seen any hazmat? Have I? Yeah go to market or just out of a barrel both never go to market i have not seen the highest proof i've seen um go to market in old forester is 137 137 now is there a rule like you guys won't allow hazmat to go to the market or nobody i don't believe we do i don't think we want to go there that's fine and that's probably just the legal department or whatever but i've never seen anything uh, over 140. Yeah, I mean, um, I know, I know, Bacardi was getting sued left and right for 151. So it doesn't, it doesn't surprise yeah. me with hazmat that some places are just like, no, we're just not going to touch that. Yeah, I think you know, I, I I've tasted a few older barrels that, uh, especially out at Woodford, that have gotten up there. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's something we'll ever. And I'm. I don't really think we need to. Right? <laughs> I, I didn't say you did. I just, I, I was just kind of curious if, if we were seeing it. Because I mean, you I mean, get up into those those echelons. You, it, to me, it, it, you got to have water. Most I mean, of the time, it you know, it's got to be aged too, like 10, 12 years usually, typically to get the well, hazmat. It has yeah. to, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I so I, I wasn't even sure how much stuff you all had that was aged that old, or that you all weren't already pulling, or things like that. That's the reason I was kind of curious. Well, the thing is, when you go from 93,000 cases, or let's just say 100,000 cases, to half a million in five years, your stocks start to dwindle a little bit. <laughs> you know? That's fair. We, um, we used to, you know, 2018, 2019, we probably had the luxury of, of sending some six, seven-year barrels out to market for single-barrel programs and whatnot. But um, just like with everybody who's blending out in the in the market and not making their own whiskeys, those brands blow up, and there's only so much out there. So those stocks start to dwindle considerably. Right. Um, All right. So 1924, the newest that's supposed to be coming out for the Whiskey Row series. What 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 can, what can you tell us about it? I mean, I, you you said you didn't know a date or anything like that. Correct. So. I can tell you what's on the TTB website. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. 
Well, that's what cracks me up is because, you know, the, the TTB is where, where all this information goes. In, and it's gotten out there a lot more so this week because we were actually bottling 1924 last, uh, last week. So everyone who got to tour the distillery, 1924 was rolling off our bottling line right here in downtown. Right. Um, but, yeah, anytime a new label comes out on the, on the TTB, my phone blows up. It's like, what is this? What's going on? When? What? Where? Why? How? It's, you know, that's why you're on the TTB website, right? <laughs> to 100%. find out what we're doing before I tell you. Or exactly. before we tell you. So For the listeners at home, kind of why do you tell point. them how to do that? That's what? kind of the whole point. What's um, the significance of the date? 1924. So I can tell you this harkens back to um, the fact that we were a... That's a great word, harkens. Harkins. Yeah. Yeah. That just I, came out. I love out. it. No, that I know. It's great. I, I don't know, know where the hell it came from. It just, <laughs> that's a great word. That's I, what I'm saying. I blacked out that's when your, I woke up. You told me what I said. <laughs> just fell your, out of my mouth. Yeah. That's, that's your Midwest roots. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah. So it harkens uh, back to the days of Prohibition. Celebrates the fact that Old Forester was a, uh, a brand that was on the shelf throughout Prohibition, where in fact the only American brand that has been on the shelf for 153 years continuously. And that included Prohibition. But it's kind of funny. We were just talking about stocks, right? Dwindling stocks. So we're acquiring stocks of defunct distilleries, barrel warehouses, and whatnot. Um, because there's a lot of sick people during Prohibition. So we're doing all right. But you also got to remember, that was a crazy time. Before the Consolidation Act, you're in competition with the likes of George Remus and Al Capone, who also want the whiskey that's in those warehouses. But... Uh, this pays homage to the fact that, you know, we were bottling what whiskey we could find. So it wasn't always the Old Forester mash bill or all the barrels weren't necessarily Old Forester. You had to make do with what you had. So this is the first uh, release that is not at least all the Old Forester mash bill. So hmm. it's, it's part of the Whiskey Row series, but it's, it's not necessarily Old Forester, Old Forester that you know huh. and love. So it's a blend. It's a blend of whiskey. It says Howard Street, too. What's that mean? That was uh, our distillery back during those days. Gotcha. Um, so during Prohibition, that was the, where the distillery was, was on correct. Howard Street? Gotcha. I think, yeah, there was one on Howard Street. Um, it, this may be, I think there was a warehouse there, too, oh, which may be, it yeah, it was the warehouse that we were pointing. The White Plains, I forget the street. It wasn't Howard, but this is where the warehouse was that we were, I think it was the consolidation warehouse, possibly. Cool. Um, but pulling barrels, making do with what you had. So it, it's, it's, it's damn good. I can tell you that, <laughs> but that's all we can tell It's, it's a hundred proof. Um, it was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, it's not going to be a distiller only release. It will be available to the public. Um, yeah, via my basement. I mean, Get it's, <laughs> it's part of the whiskey rose series. So yeah, I believe this will go out. Uh, as far as volume and where I, I really can't speak to that. I'm not on that side of the brand. Um, sure. It's fair enough. Allocations. So we, we have one more special pour we just gave you there. And I, th I think, did anybody else bring anything that I'm, I'm unaware yeah, of? Yeah, you did. If I saw right, I was, I think I was talking, but it looks like KOK. -OK. There we go. Right. Absolutely. So this is uh, was that the 2021? Yeah. Which one is this? I didn't see the label. G give, give us a little detail on this one, Jared. Yes, so it is older than you. It is 14 years old, which <laughs> is older than me. I am only 13 and a half. Just kidding. I am 21, so Scott doesn't get yelled at by anybody. <laughs> 
Uh, it is barrel 18, Rick 7, warehouse I, floor location 3. Uh, was barreled on 12 6 2006. 12 6 2006. Thanks for taking some of my bourbon there, Matt. <laughs> Scott poured like a full glass. Well, the nose is Dude, this. You poured four fingers into your Glenn Karen. <laughs> The nose is this. I don't know Glenn or Karen. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Cola, root beer, confectioner's sugar. That's, that's, that nose is killer. Definitely root beer. Yeah. Yeah. Sassafras, root beer, yeah. 128.7 proof. There's a little molasses in there too, man. It's got some rich, rich sugar notes. Oh, that's so sweet on the palate. Now, now, now. You work for Brown Foreman. What do you know about these? Or do you know anything about how these series came about or anything to that nature? Uh, yeah, I can tell you we it's the early times mash bill and yeast strain. Uh, so uh, King fell under the early times umbrella, which we actually sold to Sazerac in 2020. But we sold early times. Uh, but thankfully, we kept King. Gotcha. So this will be... Uh, so you will continue to make this match. We will bill. continue to make king. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, of course, we kept the the yeast strain as well. Gotcha. So our yeast strain is just one of those that uh, it it's one of the most crazy stories in bourbon. Like I can't tell you it dates to pre prohibition, but I can tell you it dates to 1930. Right. Um, and. You know, it's it's prohibition. Our master store back then was a guy by the name of Manuel Ice. He's working at a grocery store. Like, what's a master store going to do during prohibition, right? Um, in 1930, we Bagging get... Bagging groceries. Right. So, <laughs> so imagine going to Kroger and Harlan Wheatley or Chris Morris is sacking your groceries. Were you, I mean, were you shopping there back then, Legend? Kind of. The <laughs> <laughs> I said, were you shopping at that store back then, Legend? <laughs> I was in Michigan then. <laughs> um, anyway, it's amazing. Uh, so in 1930, we get we get word for this distiller's holiday, right? And Owsley, um, he he goes and he's you know ditch the apron, dude. Grab your stuff. We're back. And so they went out to the the old Mattingly Distillery, uh, which is down around where Modern Day Makers is. And it's like you think the yeast strain's still here and. They decide, well, theoretically, it should be in some form or fashion. So what they did is they put out 12 buckets of unfermented mash in different areas around the distillery. And they come back two days later. It's inoculated. It's fermenting. They do just like we do today, start smelling and tasting it. Not it, not it, not it. If you know our yeast strain, it's known for rich bananas, apples, pears. And they find two buckets that they're like, you know, either that's our yeast strain or it's as close as we're going to get. So those were the two buckets that they isolated back in 1930. And um, uh, 78, 1B and 1A, I think, is the early time strain. But that, that strain carried us forward all the way through uh, the 70s. Technology got a little better. We were able to add more rye and whatnot to our mash bill. So the old Forester strain was actually isolated in 1978 as a derivative of that 1A strain, so it's 1B. And then a few years later, we're creating a brand called Woodford Reserve, which we want to use pot still distillation. And the the old Forester strain actually creates a lot of fusel oils. It's a thicker, heavier, viscous mash, and that wasn't going to work. So we actually let that strain mutate in our lab under controlled conditions an additional 200 times and ended up creating the Woodford Reserve strain, which 
created more floral notes, richer fruit notes, but also a thinner, more watery mash that doesn't burn up in the pot stills that we use out at Woodford Reserve. Bottom line, I know that was a long way around, but I can't tell you that that yeast strain that we were utilizing it in, in any form or fashion pre-prohibition. The science doesn't exist. Well, but he could, but he'd have to kill you. It, That's dates, fine. it dates back yeah. a, uh, a considerable time. So, so when, when you uh, all you know, King of Kentucky harkens back to <laughs> to uh, you know that that old yeast strain and that that one A early times yeast strain that we uh, uh, and we kept the rights to that yeast strain and that brand. So, hopefully, it's forevermore a part of the profile because it is. I mean, I I hear constantly people are like. King of Kentucky is the best bourbon I've ever had. This year's King of Kentucky was one of the best bourbons I've ever it, had. It was fantastic, for sure. I mean, it was great. Yeah. I mean, the the, the two different How, barrels I've tried however, were fantastic. However, 2019's King of Kentucky was better than 2023's King of Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the general consensus. People, that's the one that people say was the best. The Nineteen, yeah. The bees. Where did y'all come across this, by the way? Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. <laughs> I know. I knew that's. <laughs> Do you want me to show you some pictures? No. <laughs> I'll trade you for a yeast strain recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Hookers and blow, man. Hookers and blow. Yeah. That's how yeah. we came across it. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got. I mean, I probably have six bottles that's of King of Kentucky at my house. Do you really? Yeah. Well, good for you. Get yeah, more than I do. But they're, op- they're open. Yeah. They're open. Good for you. Thank I you. I, well, I no, that's them. Why I'm not sure I buy that either. And that's Ad, why I, you've seen them. You've had them. That's not true. Had you, always say you always say they're at my dad's. You've had one of them. Maybe one. No, no the kings remember. are at my house. Okay. What's your, ad- what's your address? <laughs> Follow me home. It's fine. No, that's what I appreciate you get about you guys. I've known you all for a long time. I'll, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll it, it's it always going to be open. It's You're never going to flip it. you know, 18 years is not open yet. No, I, but I, I do have one of those. So you do I, have the yeah. I did. Okay. I did play a funny trick with Matt. We we were talking about doing some stuff, and I was going to put a UPC code with his phone number on it and see how many people caught up with it. I would have died. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great. I was going to sell some stuff, up. but I Nobody literally, I, I literally, I had Matt's, <laughs> I had Matt's phone number there. I'm like, hey, does this look familiar? And he's like. No, man. He goes, but it looks fine, man. It looks great. And I'm like, yeah, I bet it does look great. And he's like, I sent it to Ga- I sent it to his wife. His wife was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Knew right away. She didn't know. Saw it right away. She saw it right away. You probably didn't know your own phone number. <laughs> oh, goodness. So. But, yeah, King, is it's one of those that uh, it's like the unicorniest of the unicorns because it doesn't have a home place. We don't release it at Old Forester. We don't release it at Woodford. We don't release it at Jack Daniels. And they only it, release it in Kentucky. It just, it just shows up. hundred <laughs> percent. At some retailer, you know, so. Only in Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the biggest thing. I mean, when you release Which something. Which is why I don't have any because I never have access to I, it. You know, I'll help you mean? out. It's fine. Yeah. I got okay. you. Yeah, yeah. You I know where you. to get it, apparently. <laughs> no, I don't. I just said <laughs> I can help you. <laughs> Matt buys a lot of wine. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> a lot of wine. Man after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> so See? I Tyler does I told you I could help you. I was a song He was a song. Yeah. He was a song before you did this. Yeah. Well, I guess once you are, you always are. Never yeah. you I will tell it. you after six years in bourbon, because you know, I used to walk around with certified. Yeah. Um, I used to walk around with 2,500 some wines in my head that I could talk about at a moment's notice. And after six years in bourbon, 
that angel shares out of your brain very quickly. You're like, wine? Yeah, it's <laughs> fine, but try this. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, people ask me, you know, what's your favorite, what brand label should I get? Oh, and do you like Screaming Eagle? I heard it's great. <laughs> if I'm walking through a store, I can be like, oh, that's a good brand, that's a good brand, but if thinking about it, I they that's all gone. Yeah. There we go. Did you know three buck Chuck is Napa wine? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I'm finally, laughs. Everyone finally, laughs, but look at the back of the box. It says it's. A oh Napa, yeah. It says it's a Napa wine. I'm finally <laughs> getting back into wine, but after 12 years, I there's a good two three year period where. I what's the real famous it. box wine? Three buck Chuck. No, what's two the Boda yeah. box? Boda box. Franzia. Franzia, yeah, Franzia. That's the big. But literally, one. Trader Joe's three buck Chuck is. That's Napa pretty wine. sad. I just realized I said I don't remember wines, and I remember Franzi and Boda Box. That's all I remember. Well, yeah, from we, my were all, wine we were days. all young. So, so funny yeah. story. Uh, in <laughs> Some of us are still young, in, but we were. In 1999, I went as a box of Franzia for uh, Halloween. and I, I, I did, too. I literally had a box of Franzia where my pecker goes. Oh, yeah. I did that. Had the I did that so as well. Literally, the women were yeah. coming up and pouring themselves a glass of wine off of my gosh. All right. So, <laughs> so contest here. Contest here. because I fathered 12 people that year. I did that same thing. I went to uh, Kinko's and got the, the label printed out and put it on the front. But I even went so far as to get... You ever seen two boxes, one cup? It's these two right here. <laughs> the little... Jeez. God, no. The little cup dispenser that you buy at the liquor store that has the stick on tabs. I stuck it up underneath the corner so little cups came out. Yeah. Yep. And then Told like, you guys two boxes, and one we cup. We just got kicked out. And like three, <laughs> and three years later, I went as a, as a keg of beer. And Did you? I, I literally had a That's five cool. gallon corny keg on my back, like a oh backpack. Oh my God, I carried, you carried around. that around? Yeah. Jeez. And I had a hose hanging down, <laughs> and people would come up and just pick the hose up and just <laughs> right off the draft. You have a weird Jeez. fucking fetish, Scott. <laughs> Listen, it, 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 it killed for jokes the first year. I thought it would kill for jokes the second year. It did not go over quite as well because it was, it was, I think it was some kind of oatmeal stout, and the ladies would not drink it. So, <laughs> Good stuff. So, you know, we, we, we've How all tried crazy things Can you strap life. a barrel around your shoulders? I don't, I don't think I could carry a barrel full. <laughs> I, believe me, I would try. <laughs> I don't think I could. Maybe Carl could carry a barrel around. Yeah, okay. no, there you go. <laughs> all right, good deal. You two could both be in the barrel together, one on the head, one on the tail. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was That's at our cooperage uh, before Halloween, and they actually uh, cut out. They took some bad barrels and cut out jack-o'-lanterns, made jack-o'-lantern barrels, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah! Until they lit it and I've realized seen, it caught on fire, I've and then seen we those have on a marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> then we have, have to you? make a new whiskey okay. row downtown. <laughs> some dude made them on marketplace. Yeah, they make everything else out of barrels. Why and, not? And he had he had some kind of weird music and LED lights on it. So as the music played, like the the lights would change colors and stuff. So five hundred dollars. Oh, they were yeah, they were like five hundred fifty <laughs> bucks or something. Yeah, but it was well, that, crazy. That's seventy dollar so. bourbon barrel he bought is real. <laughs> Nice profit there, right? right? I mean, yeah, he probably bought thirty dollars worth of miscellaneous crap and <laughs> yeah. hundred bucks in, and oh, however much an time to it took it. him. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, anybody got any questions? I mean, I feel like I've I've hogged up the mic tonight. Yeah, I feel like my memory's scarred from you in a Boda box, or whatever. Whatever, dog. <laughs> you you want you want to get on that tap? No. <laughs> <laughs> that tap is dry, and we all know that. It really is. He got snipped about uh, 16, 7, 8, almost 18 years ago now. I have a question. Will you two shut up? <laughs> well, we, we are an hour and 11 minutes in, so. All right. So as the oddball here, because I am the only female in this room, um, Tyler, your, my question for you is, are you seeing an influx in women coming into 
bourbon or even coming in just for the tours around this place? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think um, the the women and whiskey and groups like that continue to ex- expand around the country and garner more members and whatnot. Uh, just from my standpoint, because I do most of our uh, education and brand advocacy with, with those that sell our brands around the country and around the world. And uh, I've been very busy the last couple of years due to the fact that so many of those staffers are new uh, and they've never been to our home places. So, and I can tell you uh, a good percentage of them are, are women. So, and you know, people who sold whiskey to liquor stores and restaurants, that, that was a male dominated industry since time immemorial i think i mean it was all men yeah exactly now you and see i think it's that's almost 50 50 okay so you're seeing it it's a really good equal mix at this point yeah absolutely okay. absolutely I, are you seeing more women wanting to drink it more neat or are they more preferring it you know with a couple of drops of water or with ice or in a cocktail they like it kinky <laughs> oh legend whatever <laughs> You know, I'm not, I, I'm not as hip on what they're drinking when they're drinking it for uh, their own pleasure, right? Because I'm usually, uh, it's, it's an educational, um, it's, it's an educational uh, kind of situation when I'm presenting them with these whiskeys. But, uh, you know, I think there's more and more of them drinking it neat. They... Y'all are much better tasters than we are. I've been saying that for years, and people thought I was crazy. Well, you no, are crazy. No, it goes back to, I mean, wine, same thing, you know. Uh, but Women it goes, tasted and gathered, right? Like, they picked up it, stuff and it, tried it. No, it goes back to caveman. caveman. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They picked up herbs and They picked up herbs. Og, the caveman, might come home with a rancid leg of meat or a poisonous mushroom or something. He eats it and kills off. Nobody cares. Mom, who is with baby, can taste that something's wrong with the food. She survives. The whole human race continues on. So to this day, you all have like 30 to 50% more taste buds than we do. And proof positive, you see Melissa Rift, Elizabeth McCall, who is now... Uh, the official master taster for Woodford Reserve, Marianne Barnes and Jackie Zykin back in the day with uh, with with Brown Foreman. Um, uh, more and more distilleries, I think, are getting wise. We certainly are at Brown Foreman. That you need talented women on your staff to, you know, keep up and 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 make the best whiskey you can. Mictors is another place. Yeah. Mi- oh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's yeah, uh, we're we're yeah, one sure. of many, but yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and I think it's interesting because it has always been con- considered really a man's drink to finally see where this shift is happening, <laughs> um, where it is becoming where everybody is understanding that the women do have a little bit of a unique palate and can pick out different notes that other people can't. And like you were saying, Without it, a doubt. it's got to come down to those taste buds. Scott mentions it all the time. I'm usually the oddball in the podcast because I come up with different things. Yeah. No, 100%. For sure. Well, and, and That's why Thankfully, you that. are because <laughs> I always make the joke that because anytime anybody asks, you know, how do I get your job or how do I become master taster, master stiller? 
Uh, you never will if you're asking that question because that's the person that. If you have to ask. If you've ever seen the Peter Griff, the family guy, when he gets the job at the brewery <laughs> and he goes in the door and then two seconds later he comes out and he's naked and he's just like. <laughs> that would be me. So uh, <laughs> very few women would ever do that. So, yeah. I'd be Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> much, much more in control of yourself if you have to taste whiskey for a living, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the one thing I've noticed, I noticed two years ago when I worked at Old Forester mm-hmm. is that the women who were tour guides who were in the retail shop had a passion for, they do. for bourbon, for the industry, probably m- more so than the males. Than the guys. Oh, yeah, I mean, we are insanely blessed especially here at old forester our our tour guides our retail associates are amazing and they are they're passionate people like they love the brand they love sharing it with people they love seeing light bulbs go on in people's heads when uh they certainly, when it makes they sense certainly to them. push me yeah yeah mm. but i think that's what i love about bourbon industry as a whole it, it's a passionate uh i was just doing uh, a it's documentary a with, uh, yeah, some, some folks walking through here that are making a, a documentary on Monday, and they they come from an art background, uh, illustrators for DC Comics, uh, a producer for Broadway, an actor for Broadway, uh, a composer, sound composer for video games and Broadway musicals and whatnot. And those are, you know, they're, they're art and passionate uh, trades, which I, I, I think bourbon is. Bourbon seems like you, you just think of backwoods kentucky guys with beards making whiskey but this is truly it's an art form and the people who are in the industry are are passionate individuals definitely to to borrow a line from a another distillery which i absolutely love there is a wall at rabbit hole that says bourbon is a verb and i truly truly believe that i love that i've never heard that yeah it it's uh you know, bourbon, bourbon is for sharing. Bourbon is for so many different things. And That's a I great just, line, yeah. It, yeah it, That's it blew, why we brought him, right? I mean, bourbon blew, is life. That's what the legend it, says. It man. blew me away when I read that, and I've got, I've got a picture of it on my phone, and I just every once in a while I share that with somebody, and it's just I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's phenomenal. The legend harkens back to those so days harkens, where, yeah. where the cave women were tasting <laughs> and sampling. <laughs> Oh, that just came full circle. <laughs> wow. I can't believe you called the legend old. That's just rude. Anyways, Bourbon Barrel Talk word of the day is Harkins. Harkins. <laughs> yeah. I, li- listen, I'm, I'm always impressed when a new word comes up that I know, but like it's <laughs> fancy. Like that, that's, a, that's easily a $10 word. Bougie. It's bougie. is It is a bougie word. Harkins bougie. is definitely a bougie word. It, I, it, Tyler just like grasped it like it was like everyday vernacular. He's like, oh, the, it harkens back to the day of 1930. I was like, holy shit, what kind of when lesson when, are we about to get right When, now? when <laughs> men were men and sheep were scared. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's how they talk in Oklahoma. Exactly. <laughs> that's where I, that's where I, that, yeah, I hearkened it from. From Oklahoma. Were, they, were the I'm sheep from scared Texas, of your you know. barrel tap? Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Sit around and talk and watch the hawk making lazy circles in the sky. <laughs> you know you belong right, to the land. We love you. Come on, dog. Enough. All right. 
any other any other questions for the for, for Tyler for the legend? I mean, you know, we've got years of experience and wisdom at the table today, man. We we don't usually have that much of that. You usually are dealing with me, so <laughs> I think I think you're pushing your luck, but go for it. <laughs> Do you think this push towards finished products, especially within like the craft distilling um, space? Where do you see that going, and it does Old Forester just is that just not something that you all want to? <laughs> please, please no, stay no, away. No, from I it. think you're going to continue to uh, see finishing. Please stay away from it. Huh? <laughs> please stay away from it. <laughs> well, I mean, but you, you, whether or not we release something that's finished, you have to. I think you have to dip your toe in that space and experiment, right? I mean, we want to make the best whiskey we can. And wine is a perfect example. The best wines in the world are blends, uh, blends of different grapes. They don't all come from one vineyard necessarily. So I think we'd be remiss to not play around with, you know, there are attributes of Madeira and Port and Sherry that I absolutely love that certain whiskeys I've had when you, when you marry those, it's, it's outstanding. So um, I don't know if we'll ever have a, full line or part of the whiskey row series it's going to be finished in sherry cask or whatnot i uh, can't see that but um i think you're gonna see see a single malt Is i that think what you're I gonna you see finishings you know i think all the distilleries will will start playing around with that if if for no other reason than just to keep up with innovation and keep people interested and engaged uh what's the newest thing that's what's great about something like 117 series we could easily do a port sherry madeira whatever finish and it's one time and if it doesn't work then you know say la vie move on try the next thing and see this but is where this is where i go back to your comment about people picking the things they really like and ignoring certainly. all the stuff that is out there right new well and different and blah 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 i mean i am I am a traditional bourbon drinker, rye drinker. I have had very few things finished mm -hmm. that I would ever want. And no, I understand that. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's like coffee. I want it black. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, there's certainly, and I think the, the purist will continue to rule the bourbon category, but I mean, to y'all's point earlier, if, if, if some of these thousands of distilleries do start to fade and go by the wayside and, and you're back to the big players, I think people still want innovation. You know, they'll still want something new to try this summer or this holiday season. So we may have to step up to the plate and, and provide that. Who knows? I mean, I think, um, there's, I think there's innovation that you can do with woods and, you know, secondary barrels oh, yeah. and things that that don't involve wine or No, there is. I mean, that's why we own our own cooperage. Yeah. Believe it or not, there's stuff that we've done that we're the only ones able to do. But Chris Morris, I mean, but he did sassafras barrels. He thought toast and char sassafras barrel, maybe it'll impart a root beer note into the whiskey. Epic fail, but... I think we're the only ones that have ever tried that. So mm -hmm. we've con we've constantly and will continue to push the envelope with regard to. Now that's no longer bourbon, right? It's not oak. No, no. it's not bourbon. But, but it's whiskey. It's yeah, it's whiskey. It's, um, it's whiskey so with cherry. A bourbon, it's whiskey with a bourbon mash bill and yeah, 
but cherry, pecan, maple. I mean, we did maple for Jack Daniels Gold. Yep. Made great whiskey, beautiful barrel. We'll never do that again because you had to dip the whole thing in wax because yeah. we didn't remember that if you put a hole in a maple tree, it leaks. That's yeah. what, what <laughs> maple does. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Literally leaks. And it's very porous to be with. kind of what I it's mean, known it's super for, right? wood. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that kind of experimenting. It's the moving it into wine barrels or brandy barrels or whatever. I mean, I know there's a new one that out on the market that is finished in tequila casks. Yeah, I'm not yeah, doing that. That's interesting. Mary Dowling. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think you'll continue to see innovation for, for the next foreseeable future, definitely. Um, whatever uh, space it plays in. So you, you brought TBD. up coffee and black. So I, I will say this. My favorite saying about that is I like my coffee and my women the same way. Strong and slightly bitter. <laughs> Boo, that was a bad joke. Your mom's a bad joke. <laughs> I can't see. I can't make a comment because she listens. Fair enough. Fair enough. I can't right. wait to hear Becky's response to that comment. Yeah, she won't listen. <laughs> she, for that matter, she doesn't pay attention to me anyway, so... <laughs> All right, we, we we're we're, br- we're bringing out the birthday toast. Well, this is the birthday. It's the birth anniversary, right? The birth anniversary, yeah. right? So uh, I just went went to my office and got a little treat here. So we're gonna uh, taste Cashier's birthday to bourbon. Office. <laughs> I just I just casually walked to my office and, and pulled out a bottle. Quality control. Hey, be, be gentle nice. over there, man. Be gentle over there, legend. Oh, yeah. You're one to talk. <laughs> Scott, you're the only one that's poured a four-finger pour You almost tonight. finished off Jared's King of Kentucky, Scott. Yeah, that king was up to the label before Scott got it. <laughs> Hell, Scott, you even poured more than a barber pour. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't paying attention. I was listening to Tyler, and I looked down. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was a masterful pour. This will be my first birthday bourbon I've had. Oh, it, you didn't have the birthday bourbon when I brought it last year? Did you? Oh, you missed the I episode. You missed, that's right. All right, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring the 2022 to you <laughs> the next time I come over. Jasnoff chugging this one too. If it makes it to me, Barbara's pouring right now. Barbara's pouring. Yeah, that's not good. I think I think there's a I, I think, think I think there's enough for you to pour here. a little and give a little Matt. And I got a little Matt for Matt too. Anyway, hey Scott. Oh wait a minute. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can't oh, chug shit. out of that. <laughs> I could. I, I could, but I'm not. <laughs> Chicka chicka chig, chicka chicka. Here, you got a fresh. <laughs> Scott, just I will. I will say fresh isn't always uh, the best when it comes to older the, bourbon, I don't right? Neck, I don't want the you, neck pour. You want a little oxygen. <laughs> you want this, and I'll take the neck pour. I'll take the neck pour. No, I yeah. got it, guys. Relax. We started. Scott was like, "Oh, we won't be two hours." <laughs> Hour and twenty-seven minutes in. You're right. Sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> Sometimes. We're having a good time. It's okay. It's all yeah. good. It's just going to take me a long time to edit this. So, anyway, to four years of fun, bourbon, and to my favorite, Old Forester. Cheers. Cheers. Happy birthday, guys. Here's some more, many more years. Banana. Oh, my goodness. Damn, that's good. Oh, man, that's really good. 
This was a fun one because this is the same juice as the 2022. Uh, so uh, 2022 was 11 years, and then we took half of that lot, and we just aged it a year longer. So, really? Uh, yeah. Can, so can we get one on our way out? <laughs> Thank you for aging it a year longer. Thank We're going to open the gift shop. Thank God. I cannot log into the retail shop. <laughs> they don't let me. Right? Yeah. Thank, thank yeah. you for aging it a year longer. Yeah, dude. I mean, like this is like. I mean, the banana on this thing is just crazy, and it's, it's fun, just got it? so much baking spice. It's got some nice cinnamon, some clove. Dude, the fruit. It's always the question, and of course, I can't. Vanilla yeah. killer. I know. It's always the question these days, and I, I can't really go into it, but every, are you going to make more birthday bourbon? And Just the answer is, I mean, to an extent, yes, we're trying to. We we know that people want birthday bourbon, and it's one of those unicorns out there. But you also got to remember this stuff is typically 9 to 12 years old for every release we do. And five years ago, we were at 100,000 cases, as I mentioned earlier. So you can't, you can't predict that... Uh, needing that much more birthday bourbon, right? So, right. and even if we did see that uh, five, four, three, two years ago, whatever the case may be, you're nine to twelve years from from if Maturity, you did make right. more, yeah, yeah, from from the next release. So, it's one of those things. I mean, it, it's truly special. It was one of the first of its kind out there in 2002, and a lot of this stuff got closed out to 39.99 a bottle. Around the country, no one wanted to pay $89 for bur- bourbon in 2002. And S- still my favorite story ever about birthday bourbon today. was in 2004 at my wife's... Uh, 2004. Okay. 2004. My wife, <laughs> she worked for Mercy Academy at the time, and they had a charity auction there. And there was a bottle of Old Forester Bur- birthday bourbon that was signed by Mr. Brown. And uh, nobody was bidding on it. It was me and one other oh dude. My God. And the guy dropped out at like $55. Oh, my God. And I was like, all right, I'll take that for $55. <laughs> so the funny thing is I I'd, I'd recently bought one, and I just had tried it, and it was delicious. But I still have that bottle. It's never been opened, and I'm just like, when am I going to open that bottle? Oh, really? You have it? I wow. still have it, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've got to come up with a special occasion to do for that one. But, I mean, I still have it. It's the 04, so. I'll give you $65 for it. <laughs> it, would be, it would be a profit. I don't know if inflation would cover for the and, profit And amount apparently we haven't had enough special we can, occasions we can bid. So where Scott could I'll find a time to do this. I, I probably will crack it at my kid's wedding. There you go. All right. It'll probably be a wedding bottle. Where we're all invited? We're all invited. We're all invited. Man, it'll be, be a fat wedding. <laughs> so so, so open, sure. open Old Forester Bar. What? Sorry, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. What do so you think of this secondary market and how that's just no, stop it. No, go away. <laughs> what? No. I mean, Tyler has an opinion, on, I'm sure, about the uh, secondary market, but it is what it is. I mean, I think time. that's what we don't have time for this. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's good. People care. It's better we've than also, the, I will say it's, it's better than the opposite. Well, it's better than the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah, but we've ruined um, retail. Yeah, we've absolutely ruined retail. Right, but I, in most of the dis- distilleries, I think are of the same thinking. We don't want it to go to wine. We were talking about, you know, I, I know you're into wine and I obviously have a wine background. Wine has that aura of snobbishness and elitism. What? Wine and people you, aren't snobs. And you got to be able to afford the best wines out there, right? So I, I don't see a lot of that going on in the bourbon industry. I think we want 
whether if it sells for five thousand dollars on secondary great but we want to keep it at least accessible to the fans that got us here in the first place and the people that have rallied behind bourbon in the last 10 15 years even if they spend the night two nights before brought it back to (laughs) providence Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. But again, hey, dedication's well, dedication. You know, we we haven't released birthday bourbon here at the distillery in the last two years. Like because, I said, we've ruined it because, because of that. Yeah. I mean, consumers ruined it. I mean, yeah. they did. Got people getting in fights, police escorts. I mean, it, it, that's not that's, that's not how you fun. know your whiskey's good, right? Not I good will say anyone, the one seventeen releases are fire because you get free cookies. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Free cookies and free coffee. Even if I got to go to Woodford that day, I usually show up that morning, get my cookie and coffee. How y'all doing? I'm, I'm, I'm out there and Tyler's coming out like, hey, hey, hey Scott, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> Funny seeing you here. <laughs> like that's been the last two or three times. I'm like, I'm like 75th in line. Like, please let me, Scott's please let, please let, please let there be like, enough bottles. Good? Please I'm like, I think you're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so. So Tyler, how many bottles of birthday bourbon are generally produced? This year or other years? You know, uh, this year I don't even know. I think a couple years back it hovered around, what, 13,000, 14,000, somewhere okay. in there. So, so reason, it's, it's a good amount. A reasonable number. I mean, birthday is a single day's production, right. which is usually 125 to 150 barrels. Now you get to 12 years, I mean, five or eight of those might be empty by then. Just I mean, for I, leaks. I, I know the, the raffle on September 2nd is just a small portion of the release, but I never really knew how many bottles Yeah, I mean, it, it, does, it is a nationwide release, so it goes out to all the liquor right. retailers. I do have one complaint about that. Out. You do not ship to Indiana, and I live in Indiana. Then drive no bur- across the no bridge. Are you saying no birthday bourbon goes to Indiana? We can't get it in the lottery, <laughs> like in the release. Like, I can't put my name oh, in the yeah, thing and yeah, buy yeah. a bottle. Well, no, there's only five states that we can ship to currently I know. legally. You know, it, so, so, that, so that's the only tomfoolery I'm calling? What do they say? Contact your local congressman. You got to pick, <laughs> <laughs> pick it up here anyway. Don't bitch at me about I, it. I know, but they, they it won't even let me buy it online. Like, I was in the queue, and then when oh, I went to go no, I went to wait. go pay, it wouldn't let me pay because I lived in Indiana. Oh, 117, you mean? No, it was the board. Uh, no, no we, it, yeah, was, it was the it 117 was the releases. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. okay. birthday, you got to come here. Yeah, birthday, no, it birthday. was the 117. Birthday That's right. bourbon, just a raffle. So. Yeah, yeah, and you can't you can't send a proxy. Can't you got to? Yeah, it was the 117s. Yeah, well, that I get. Yeah, sad, sad face, Scott. If you if you cross the bridge and you're like gambling used to be, if you cross the bridge, can you sign up? And no, you have to have an actual address. Kentucky address. Oh, yeah, the address. Do you work in Kentucky? No, I love how working in Indiana. I told him I'll just start putting Matt's address on everything, <laughs> but I'm afraid yeah, I'll get him flagged. You could. I don't care. You need to get a part-time job anyway. at White Castle or something. <laughs> part-time <laughs> job at White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> that is your business address. I can get you a Kentucky address for a, block a price. Yeah. <laughs> for a price. <laughs> Our address is 117 Main Street. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Isn't that the address here, 117? 19. 119. 119. 119. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. Come on, it was one seventeen. Oh, was hence it? the one seventeen. Oh, no, that's series, right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, never mind. <laughs> well, that's what this room we were in was one seventeen, and then but the front door is actually at one nineteen, which historically was the building next door. Gotcha. Fair enough. Now it's all one. Well, well Tyler, it, go ahead. Wouldn't it be the other way around? Uh, you were here. <laughs> 
Wow, the third old joke about the, the legends play. Are you saying that he predated addresses? I guess, no, Is that Stephen's what you're probably to say? right. <laughs> Stephen's probably right. It, it was. It would come from here. So 117, 119. Anyways, they morphed at some point. They morphed at some point. <laughs> Either way, it's not uh, 117, it's 119, and I screwed that up. But anyway, funny, funny, funny. I love you, Tyler. <laughs> oh, I love you, sir. It's great to see you again. Great to hang, share All some right. whiskey. Well, well, anyway, Tyler, thank you so much for your hospitality. I think that's our episode of Bourbon Barrel Talk for our birth anniversary for four years. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm your host, Scott Minton. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you want to find Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find it on any social media platform. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, or the X. There we go. And if you want to email us, you can email us at Come on, man. Bourbon Barrel Talk at gmail.com. Man, y'all are slacking. I'm going to take over from here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way you get those episodes as soon as they land. This is Scott, Matt, Barbara, Kofi. <laughs> wow. Way to go, Tyler, buddy. Carl, The Legend, and Jared, and Johnny Tsunami signing off. Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Do I yeah. make you Randy? Yeah.